The earth is full of natural wonders designed by God and enjoyed by us. One such wonder is the majestic evergreen which retains its beauty even in the dead of winter. Why do these trees stay green while others lose their leaves? In his omniscience, he designated some of his plants to be evergreen and others he chose to be deciduous. This is Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal. I'm Chris O'Brien with the Institute for Creation Research. Many people enjoy the vast variety of trees and their different appearance throughout each season. But in wintertime, it's the evergreen that dominates the landscape and thrills us at Christmas. So how does an evergreen stay green? Don't let this question needle you. Stay tuned for the next 15 minutes as we discover the wonder of the evergreen. Johnny Walker, a consulting forester in the Appalachian Mountains of Virginia, reminds us that all plants, including evergreens, were spoken into existence by God on the third day of creation. Well, in Genesis 129, God tells us, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree-yielding seed, and to you it shall be for me. Well, on this special day, our Heavenly Father created all of the plants of the world. Now, as a forester, this botanical aspect of creation has always fascinated me, especially the fact that God's creation included such an awesome number of plant species throughout the world. And in his omniscience, he designated some of his plants to be evergreen, and others he chose to be deciduous. So what's the difference between evergreen and deciduous trees? Dr. John Silvius is professor of biology at Cedarville University in Cedarville, Ohio. He explains that while evergreens retain most of their leaves year-round, deciduous trees lose all their leaves annually. There are many different types of plants that are evergreens, and usually we think of the woody plants or the trees and shrubs as being evergreen. These would be trees such as pines and spruces, hemlocks, cedars, some redwoods, and sequoias. These are actually evergreen in the sense that they maintain their leaves throughout the season and there's not a definite time when they shed their leaves as the deciduous trees do. Deciduous trees being like the maples and oaks and sycamores and others. Jim Nile is a forester and tree farmer in Mount Shasta, California. He says although evergreen conifers don't lose their leaves during one particular season, as do deciduous trees, they do shed some of their needles throughout the year. The conifers tend to lose about a third of their needles each year, and they do fall to the ground, and this is why underneath a pine forest you will see the pine needles lying on the ground. Those are the ones that have dropped off, but just a portion of the ones that are usually about three years old on the inner part of the branches allow the leaves to drop to the ground when they're dead. But, as Dr. Silvius tells us, there are some green-needled conifers that look like evergreens, but in reality are deciduous. It's interesting that some trees that we think are evergreen, we would call them conifers, are actually deciduous. And this would include the larch or tamarack, which grows in the Great Lakes area and also out in the Rocky Mountains. And the larch turns a beautiful yellow in the fall 
and then sheds its needles. And this is also true of the Dawn Redwood, which was found in China, actually found, I think, as in the fossil record for a long time, and then suddenly they were able to find this tree living in China. And yellow needles blending with other fall colors from broadleaf trees is a spectacular sight. The larch or the tamarack drops all the needles. In other words, you will have the yellowing that occurs just like the maples and oaks. So you have the beautiful yellow foliage. And you may have seen pictures of like in the Aspen area of Colorado or in the Rockies, you'll get the Aspens turning and the larches will be in that similar altitude or similar area. And you'll have some of the yellow color coming from what would appear otherwise to be an evergreen if you saw it in the summer. And that's true of the Dawn Redwood. We have a Dawn Redwood in our backyard, and it's in the process of getting ready to lose its needles now, too. So just bearing needles does not guarantee that it's going to be an evergreen. Just as there are some conifers that are deciduous, there are certain broadleaf plants and trees that are evergreens. Johnny Walker says although deciduous conifers and evergreen broadleaf trees may seem unusual, it's all part of the Creator's wonderful design. We think of evergreens, most people think of pines. But there is a conifer, the larch, that is deciduous. And then it's almost as though our father was really wanting to get into uniqueness, whereas there are certain deciduous and even hardwood trees that are evergreen. Your holly, it doesn't lose its leaves. Your live oak and some of the other species, they don't lose their leaves as the other deciduous trees do. Why this is so, only God knows that. I have no idea why he chose them to be that way. Why do evergreens retain their needles while deciduous trees lose their leaves in the fall? Jim Nile says evergreen conifers were given a sturdy design by the Creator in order to endure frigid environmental conditions. First of all, the conifers, especially the higher elevation conifers, part of their ability to deal with heavy snowfall is the structure of the needles and the leaves to withstand the force of the snow and to allow it to slide off. In most cases, some of the trees do hold the snow pretty well, but the limbs develop strength to do it. But overall, this allows them to have a full amount of foliage, which is, of course, the area that through photosynthesis provides the food that the tree uses to grow. So the conifers, that's part of their design is simply to manage the snowfall and the other environmental things. Plus, the density of the forest is greater due to their leaf structure. Johnny Walker. One of the unique traits is the ability to thrive where it's cold and windy. In his creation process, he knew there was going to be very fertile areas in the earth, and there was going to be semi-arid, and there's going to be some with limited fertility. And, and, of course, water is so important to the growth of trees and plants. And, uh, of course, as I said, he uh, gave conifers the ability, which is an evergreen, to thrive where it's cold and windy. And, of course, most trees, they can't survive these conditions because they can't get the water out of the frozen soil. But with conifers and the slowdown of the photosynthesis, of course, he allows this slowdown, I feel, during the winter months so that they can continue to make food and the waxy coating on the needle helps these trees to conserve water 
and thereby allowing them to stay green year-round. And Dr. Silvius tells us that because conifers must endure climate-caused stress, they are also designed with the ability to prepare ahead of time for the cold winter months. If the needles such as pines and spruce are exposed to the cold of winter, you have a temperature stress there as well as a dry air stress. So either one of those or together can cause the needles to lose water, become more desiccated, or with the cold conditions, the sap within the needle has to be able to survive that either to freeze, you talk about a good freeze, one that will allow the cells to freeze and then thaw without damage, and that is a kind of a trick to really pull off, but some of the needles can actually freeze and then thaw out, and it won't leave a lasting damage in the needle, and of course, the drying challenge there, too, requires some extra provision, and either of these stresses, either the drying or the freezing, Actually, the tree has to prepare for that before the onset of that condition. This is an interesting principle where you have an organism that seems to be able to anticipate the upcoming challenge ahead, but it has the mechanism, the physiology within it to actually prepare for that before it happens. And so one of the main triggers for that is day length. As the day lengths shorten, this is one of the key triggers that cause the deciduous trees to turn color or the evergreens to actually prepare their needles for more of an antifreeze mode or a mode in which they could freeze and thaw without damage. The awesome ability of these evergreens to anticipate hardship and prepare for it shows a purposeful design and not random chance evolution. It really strongly speaks to the creation by a design from a creator who's is not only uh, providing for a tree in the, the good season here, but actually allowing it to prepare itself for the unfavorable season as well. Jim Nile would agree and says it's impossible that chance evolution would produce evergreens that are perfectly matched for their environment. There had to be a creator to come up with such a tremendously useful and attractive and serve so many purposes. Of course, we talk about wildlife that used the forest as their habitat. Many, many very useful and wonderful advantages of these forests and these trees, and I just can't imagine that there's any other way that they could come about. It had to be through God's hand. The evergreen is a wonderful part of God's creation and can be enjoyed by mankind all year long. Of course, the time of year when evergreens are the most popular is the beautiful season of Christmas. Johnny Walker. Now, another unique honor uh, God has bestowed upon certain evergreens is their usage by man in the celebration of the birth of the Christ child, Jesus. The American holly, an evergreen tree, which has glossy green leaves and red berries, it makes it attractive for Christmas decorations at a time when flowers are few. And, of course, this is especially true in my Appalachians. And so familiar is holly in association with Christmas that green and red from the green leaves and the red berries have virtually come to be accepted as Christmas colors. And, of course, possibly the most popular of evergreens is the Christmas tree. Although today's Artificial trees are convenient and can be used year after year. 
To me, nothing can replace the beauty of a well-shaped, natural conifer Christmas tree. As we use evergreen trees to celebrate the Creator's coming to earth to redeem sinful man, it's sobering to remember that a tree was also used as an instrument of death when Christ sacrificially laid down His life for us. There is a special tree that God must have been thinking about on that third day of creation. Now, whether it would be evergreen or deciduous, only He knew. But what really matters is that our Holy Father was planning to grow a tree that He knew would be used to make the old rugged cross. And without that tree, there would be no hope for us sinners. As our program comes to a close, we hope that you've been encouraged. It's our desire at ICR to show that the Bible can be trusted, both historically and scientifically, and to give facts that will build your faith. As Christians, we need to understand the scientific basis for our beliefs. We pray that this program will aid you in your discovery of science and the Bible. You know, most people aren't aware that today there are thousands of scientists that are convinced of the truth of biblical creation and not evolution. Our non-denominational ministry aims to restore and strengthen the Genesis foundations of the Christian faith. If you've enjoyed today's edition of Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, why not visit us on the web to find out more about the work of ICR. The address is www.icr.org. Again, www.icr.org. Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, is a production of ICR. For the Institute for Creation Research, I'm Chris O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in.